Hello everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 That Time When podcast. My name's Matt and joining me once again in this wonderful Google Hangout, other uh, conference calls services are available, is Dan Thorne and Tom Bellingham, two of my favourite people to be wearing headphones right now. Hello. Are you wearing headphones, Tommy? Because I can't actually see you. Yeah, I am. I've got a oh, he- little headset on. And and I can see Dan because he's got his camera on, but for some reason, Tommy, you don't want to. Is it because you're naked? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, perfect. I, well, I am too, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't want to mention that, but now that oh, you've, that, you've said it, you're in your you're in your wonderful uh, racing seat as well, which uh, a few terrible things have happened recently in that, but we won't go into that. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's a, for people that don't know, long long story short, Dan pooed himself in his yeah yeah that <laughs> did happen. Racing yeah. rig. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about that time when and the no oh god and I ah right let's start that again. So anyway, moving on. Today we're going to be talking about that time when a Nigerian prince owned an F one team. Who chose this one? Who was the uh, the culprit behind this story? Daniel. That yeah, that was me. Oh, have I done something Daniel. wrong? Daniel. Yeah. Full name. Full named. Daniel Kevin Kenneth. Kenneth. Close. God, you should know that by now. You've worked together for like at least 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, what's wrong with you? Anyway, Dan, what, what, give me a reason as to why you chose this story, just as a, uh, a quick overview. Firstly, because it's, it's quite a funny thing to have happened. Um, and secondly, because I know both me and Tommy absolutely love the Arrows team. And it's a good excuse to talk about them. Perfect. Beautiful. Right. So a little bit different story today. It's not so much about the actual racing action of a particular race, but the fact that the Arrows team had a very unusual investor. Let's put it that way. So let's look back to the Arrows team history. Obviously, Tommy and Dan, you're both very much more suited to talk about it than I am. But just as an overview, they were founded in 1977 and they first raced in 1978. But their first car was ruled illegal by the courts. Why was that? Uh, Yeah, so basically the team was set up by a load of people who used to be part of the Shadow team, which was quite prominent in the 70s. Um, So they went across and started Arrows and the, the name Arrows is sort of like a loose sort of collection of of the initials of the people who started it um but yeah the the first car they built was basically exactly the same as as the shadow and if you if you go online and look up images of the arrows fa1 and the shadow dn9 they do very clearly look almost identical which is really strange at a time when f1 cars all looked incredibly different so uh but that's the thing, they kind of knew that they were going to get done for it. So even before they were told they had to build a new car, they built another car. So um kind of begs the question why they copied it in the first place. But they did over half a season with, with the with the copy sort of thing but before they came I with copied the... it um, and the fact that it was illegal, is it because essentially, you know, Racing Point obviously are going through the same sort of thing now, but is it because Arrow's had the documents and everything and that's why it was illegal because they genuinely were just building the car that they yeah, already knew. I think it was the, the guy that designed the Shadow then went to Arrows and basically designed the same car for the new team so it was kind of it was designed under Shadow so it was kind of their intellectual property ah, okay. um, so even though it was the same guy who did it um, you know they couldn't class it as their own car sort of thing 
Interesting stuff. So if we look towards their notable moments that they had up until 1999, they had initially quite strong results between 78 and 81. They had a pretty cool engine name as well. Uh, care to care to express, share, share this uh, bit of knowledge? Uh, well, yeah. Um, Ricardo Patrese, sort of his early career was, was with Arrows and he got a number of podiums for the team. Um, he, he, he took pole at Long Beach in 1981 and and might have it was challenging for the win until his car broke down um and then sort of things went a little bit a little bit lean in the sort of mid 80s but then they got bmw engines during the turbo era but then when bmw withdrew they couldn't use the bmw name so they were rebadged as megatron so for two years you had arrows megatron on the grid which if if that's not the coolest f1 sort of team name i don't know what is it sounds like, it sounds uh, like some transformers stuff isn't it yeah it is yeah <laughs> or like a when you when you get those kind of like fake f1 games where they're not they don't have the licensing and you have to um they they make up like names for the engines and stuff and they're like oh this is <laughs> powered by megatron megatron or giga speed yeah <laughs> So, so the footwork years I've got down in my notes. What, what exactly do we mean by that? Uh, so the team sort of got invested in by a Japanese logistics company, basically, um, and the team was rebranded for a, most of the mid, early and mid nineties as Footwork, but it was it was still the same team. So sort of, sort of like you'd have now with with Racing Point and Force India, but it's slightly odd because the Footwork years I, I think are still generally counted as the same sort of team stats as arrows um yeah yeah i found that quite confusing actually because when i first started watching f1 i think it was the last year of footwork um but they still very much were the same team but then also they they kind of they've always been arrows but then i guess they changed their name for a sponsor and then when that sponsor left they changed it back yeah i think they were still called footwork arrows as well like Inofficial sort of FIA yeah. entry list, so it was it was still arrows rather than different owners. It was just a sponsorship deal that meant they had a different name. And the final notable moment, which I think we should only leave to one man, that's uh, the, the founder <laughs> of WTF One, Tom Bellingham. Just Damon Hill, just in general, just Damon Hill was a notable moment of uh, the Arrows team. Yeah, a weird one, I guess, because Damon Hill had won the World Championship in 1996, and normally you know you win a world championship and you will probably either carry on in that team or potentially go to a big team and damon hill had essentially nowhere to go and ended up joining arrows so he went from world champion and ended up taking the number one to this team that were used to barely scoring any points in formula one at all and then they lined up in 1997 with you know the number one on their car because damon was driving and yeah started off disastrously because they were absolutely terrible but i think we have maybe done a few podcasts on the 97 season where we talk about bridgestone sometimes would just be absolutely quality because this is back when there was a tire war and there was a notable race which is too painful to talk about which was the hungarian grand prix in 1997 (laughs) where damon hill was leading the race by about 40 seconds or something in an arrows with the most unbelievable drive and then his gearbox failed on the last Uh, lap and he got overtaken and finished second yeah 
I'll always remember that in scenario mode on an F1 game. I think it was one of the 90s. It was. It was F1 F1 World Grand Prix on the N64. You could do. Yeah. You could actually play that scenario. That was cool. I remember playing that. <laughs> Is that why your webcam's off, Tommy? So we can't see you wiping away the tears yeah, from yeah. recalling that event. Yeah. Yeah. It's too emotional. Uh, Sad times, sad times. We're going to quickly put our beloved That Time When on pause for a moment to chat about our sponsor for this podcast, and they're becoming a regular at this point, it's Babbel, the app that can help you learn a language really easily. Lessons are created by 100 language experts, rather than the really bad Google Translate, which I used to use all the time to scrape my GCSE French grade. These are made by real people. The app itself has a clear and simple interface, guiding you through your learning journey in a funny and smooth way. It doesn't take much time up at all either, with daily 10 to 15 minute lessons. Right now, Babbel is offering you, our listeners, six months free with a purchase of a six-month subscription with promo code WTF1. Go to babbel.co.uk forward slash play and use promo code WTF1 on your six-month subscription. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot C-O dot U-K slash play promo code WTF1. Now let's get back to that time when. Uh, so looking towards the 1999 season, the team was struggling financially. Uh, Tom Walkinshaw tried to sell the team but failed uh, and the team then got a new co-owner promising investment. How did that then unfold? Yeah, so uh, this is the uh, this is where the Nigerian prince comes in, which uh, as I'm sure many of you, I don't think it's so popular now, but I feel like in the mid 2000s it was almost a daily thing to get an email from someone claiming to be a Nigerian prince <laughs> and uh, all you had to do was pay him pay him like a couple of grand and he'd give you 6 million dollars once he got access to his bank account um it was a, it's it was like, a pretty good pretty good exchange right a lot of people oh, yeah, got absolutely. rich off that yeah, oh yeah yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was a common scam uh, it's it's the scam to end all email scams i think um so yeah it's kind of funny when you think oh, okay, a Nigerian prince invested in an F1 team. Like, that sounds legit. And uh, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you've <laughs> so, even put so, prince in inverted commas. Yeah, uh, that's, well, because basically he he was a Nigerian prince, but it's not like being Prince Harry or something like that. There are probably literally hundreds of princes in Nigeria because of the way the sort of the royalty system worked. Anyone could sort of declare themselves to be a king of their own land and their children would be a prince. So it, it didn't really mean anything significant. Right. It's not like they were in, t- in with a lot of money that they could just... No, no. ...drop at, uh, at any point. So so Prince Malik Ado Ibrahim, uh, as you say, claimed to be uh, a Nigerian prince uh, and had a mysterious background. Now, as I look at this, rich energy is just coming straight towards me, not <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because uh, that, that William Story was a prince, but uh, just in terms of this random investor that you wouldn't expect uh, just coming out of nowhere uh, and making ridiculous claims. So there was the uh, similarities with that, right? Yep. Uh, he said he'd been privately educated in England, but there was no sort of record of where he'd been privately educated. He was just uh, educating privately. He didn't. Need yeah, to. yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just on his own. He said he wanted to be as famous as Eddie Jordan, so he hired a PR company to sort of big him up and make him into this big character. Because I think he sort of <laughs> he was attracted to F one by the sort of Flavio Briatore, Eddie Jordan type thing, where you just become known as a business mogul without sort of really thinking about how you get to become a business mogul um but the best thing was he said he'd uh raced a lamborghini at le mans under an alias but there is literally no evidence that he did that so it was just a flat out lie basically 
<laughs> what was his alias? Did he ever say? Did he ever say? No, who no, he was? Just, no, no. It's just that it was in sort of like the early to mid nineties. So could be incredible. Anyone. Literally anybody. As he was backed by Morgan Grenfell Bank, and he planned to raise money via his T minus brand. What exactly did? did that entail what, what, what was that brand that he he had i um i actually it's funny that you mentioned rich energy because i had no idea i remember it being on the car but i had a quick look into it and i found a an article on vice sports that was talking about this um this nigerian prince and uh, a direct quote from it is t minus plan to make money by launching an energy drink <laughs> wow. as well as as well as selling rebranded products such as clothing and motorcycles so e- he really does e-bay. sound like the william story of his day yeah That's, maybe uh, william story is inspired n- by a nigerian prince maybe it's him maybe it is him i oh. don't think it's him no. <laughs> so so if we look to the reality of the situation obviously we've teed up this 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 very mysterious thing going on with the investment of the team and uh surprise the money never came through no which no. i imagine is quite big for a formula one team to not receive money yeah i mean the amount that was apparently promised to arrows was 125 million dollars which would be massive now so in the late 90s that's like probably getting on towards the budget of a top team so you did think... the F one team send two grand, and then the exchange was almost done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you think, oh, that's a lot of money. They could probably get a couple of top drivers. So that should have been like the first clue is that despite this apparent investment they were getting, they had Pedro de la Rosa, who was a good driver, but still came with a lot of backing, which is you know helpful to a small team. And Tora Takagi, who was also pretty much just a pay driver. Um, yeah, and the car was not good. De La Rosa scored a point on his debut in Australia, but that was the only point they scored all year. Um, and yeah, the money never came through. Um, and by the end of the season, they'd, they'd parted ways and um, the, the, the logos weren't on the car anymore for the last couple of races. I looked into the res- results actually from 1999 uh, when you mentioned that the team had a terrible season. And yeah, I saw that the only point they had was the first race, um, but they finished sixth and seventh in the first race. And I was like, oh, well, that, how, how did they do that? And only eight cars finished. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like they were there on pace. No, in Australia. no, no. The Everybody car good, exploded. Though. Yeah, good reliability. So if we look then towards, as you say, uh, everything disappeared. Malik disappeared uh, late in the season. The, the logos went and obviously the team very much in dire straits at this point. Uh, and the demise of Arrows begun, really. They had a couple more OK seasons, but they, I guess they never really recovered from not just the, this investor pulling out, but I guess no real investors coming in either. And, you know, they were always on the back foot from there. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, like they they did better in the seasons after that with Verstappen and De La Rosa and then Bernoldi, but yeah, the the writing was sort of on the wall. F one was starting to really get expensive, and small teams were struggling. And you know, they they did their best, I guess. But in halfway through two thousand and two, they ran out of money, um, and then tried to enter the following year, but were banned by the FIA because you know they just weren't a serious F one outfit anymore. I've I've got a sad story for you, so. I was I was at the 2002 French Grand Prix 
Oh, no. um, head to toe in Orange Arrow stuff. My dad was head to toe in Orange Arrow stuff, and they didn't even. They, I think, they came out the pits for one lap, maybe in practice, and then announced that that's it, we're done. So I actually watched them f- essentially go under in that race. Oh no! Sad times. That's horrible. How did you? How did you ever really recover? I know. It's sad. I don't think he has. You, I can still yeah. sense the the disappointment. That's why you're now backing Red Bull and Max Verstappen because you know that you won't ever get hurt like you did last time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even worse oh. is that they uh, Arrows finished up their career and now have the unenviable record of the most races entered by a team that hasn't won a race. They got 394 race entries and no wins. I was going to say, when we look at actually how long they were around for, it's a, a pretty hefty amount of time for yeah. what was obviously towards the end where they were really, really struggling. So, yeah, right. So that's pretty much it, apart from actually looking at the livery of it. You you, you reckon, I mean, Tommy, you're, you're quite, quite a big fan of of that car's livery? Yeah, I mean, they were, they were sponsored by, this was after the the money never came from the Nigerian Prince. I mean, they were sponsored by Repsol, weren't they, that season? So they had this sort yeah. of like half and half orange and black car. That's uh, awesome. Then the year after was the kind of famous Orange Arrows. And yeah, they. Uh, I mean, to be fair, that, that livery is responsible for our branding, WTF1 being black and orange and white because of that car. So Shocking. Yeah. You, you were... Not no, a fanboy. Stole the just idea. Passionate. Yeah. <laughs> WTF one st- stealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Arrow's liveries. I mean, my favourite one is the '98 car, which was terrible, but the car was just black with like white sponsors, and it just looks so so good. Um, a bit like yeah, Renault, yeah. I guess, is the test the yeah, testing that, Renault that everyone yeah, loves, um, <laughs> and the one with Hill was a good livery as well. Um, in the 80s, they had some really odd liveries. They had like a beige car. Like, why would you have a beige F1 car? Um, and then they started out with these awesome gold Warsteiner liveries, gold and black, which just looked so good. So I was sort of wondering, like, of all the F1 teams, does Arrows have one of the best livery histories? I mean, you're asking the wrong wrong guy here with Tommy. Aren't yeah, you, really? he's clearly biased. <laughs> of course he's going to back it. Even even as someone that's massively biased, I will say that Jordan and Benetton have got to be in the Yeah, in the yeah, mix. so I think they're the three. Yeah, yeah, fair. I'd go with that. Well, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have opinions as well, so make sure you share it using the hashtag WTF1podcast. And uh, we will, and, and obviously tag WTF1official as well. We'll, uh, we'll see all your opinions. What other best liveries are there out there? Maybe from the past, maybe from the present. We will have a look at your opinions. Right, finally, let's just end on Prince Malik who uh, came out of the, the shadows a little bit and returned to motorsport in in NASCAR in the mid-2000s. And lo and behold, he got arrested for fraud in 2008 and more allegations of fraud in 2010. And he now currently works for a Nigerian energy company. Yep. Does he, yeah. Does he send out emails asking for our bank account details? Or uh, I don't know. I haven't checked in the last 10 minutes, so I'm not too sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, strange guy. A dodgy uh, man, very dodgy. Yeah, he wasn't convicted. He's on Twitter. He's on Twitter. He's on Twitter. He is on Twitter. I, well, I went. Uh, I I did a little Google search and of his name, and 
a Twitter page came up which looks kind of a little bit fake and a very dodgy profile picture, which made me believe it's probably <laughs> him. Malik Ido Ibrahim. Oh, yeah. Real, He's got like 100 real followers, Malik, but it is. It's, the, it's, at, it's at, it's at Real Malik Ado. Wow. He shared a YouTube video. <laughs> like one of those people that goes, it's like in in the spam emails where they say, this is not a scam, I yeah. promise. His latest tweet is sharing a YouTube video that doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, interesting man. Yeah, but uh, good job he's yeah. not in motorsport anymore because we don't want uh, we don't want that kind of thing happening to any other teams, do we? Really? No, no, no. Right, that pretty much wraps up today's podcast. That time when podcast. Um, hopefully, we won't be ha- seeing any more Nigerian princes that are dodgy in Formula One or any other motorsport anytime soon. Thank you so much to Tommy and Dan for joining me along in this remote working adventure. How are we enjoying it so far, guys? business as usual yeah one week in we're absolutely <laughs> yeah. flying right i i, I don't exactly. like going out no to be fair i was i've said this many times i've been in training for this for 27 years so yeah uh, i'm i'm very yeah, much um, uh, doing okay but obviously missing being able to watch formula one and and but we'll be doing some more stuff if you guys are still listening you know and watching our stuff we'll, we'll be trying to interact with you guys as much as possible through gaming and remote working as as far as we can so thank you so much for for what for not for watching for listening uh make sure you check out our other that time when podcast we've done many so uh as much as we, we are trying to get as much content out as possible also check out the ones we've already released if you haven't already uh give us five stars as well for whatever platform you're listening on and any suggestions for future uh content then hashtag wtf1 podcast Perfect, guys. Thank you so much, Dan, Tommy. See you soon, maybe. Probably not. See you in June, maybe when the lockdown's over. Maybe lockdown will be go to the end of the year. I don't know. But oh. I miss you guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Th- thanks, guys. Thanks for watching. Listening. Not for watching. Thanks for watching our audio. Bye. 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 Good Bye. 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 B